Hello, darlings. Bunny Galore here, the queen of the cult movies. And happy Halloween. Yes, indeed, it's my favourite time of year. It's the most glorious event of the entire year. It's Halloween season. And it would not be complete to start season two without the wonderful, the one, the only, the gorgeous Alison June Smith. Hello, Alison. Oh, buddy. Hello. I am so glad to be back with you in the hotel. We had a little break, but now we're back. Season two. We've done some renovations. The hotel's looking good. Yes. Yes. We've extended in different different areas. I mean, the pool's getting pretty full with Jaws. Very full. Uh, Very full. (laughs) And we're back. For, with more horror films, uh, but of course it is it is Halloween season, uh, and I'm always kind of associated. Weirdly, now I've made this rod for my own back that I've gone into horror movies. So uh, people always ask me that, oh, this is you know your favourite time of year, and, and sincerely, it really is. I yeah. don't know what I don't know why particularly. Did you did you love Halloween as a kid? I oh, look, uh, being from Canada uh, and in North America, I mean. Halloween was such a huge thing for us growing up. But but around Halloween, I think it's the seasonal change. There's something about, yes. you know, it's starting to get cold. It's getting crisp. We're getting ready to hunker down. I, I don't know. There's something always about a seasonal change that just yes. I, I feel is like a new beginning. So Halloween yes. time for me growing as a kid, like I just think of like the leaves and the smell of the air and like Halloween for us was always such a big deal because I don't know. Look, the UK was trick-or-treating a huge thing when you were no, growing see, up for children. That, that's the strange thing. I don't know where, I think it must literally be Americana uh, movies and TV shows that I kind of fell in love with it in the 70s because it wasn't really a thing here. You have the Harvest Festival, which is kind of around the time of Thanksgiving, and yeah. you and but and Halloween. Well, it, we did have Halloween, but it wasn't it wasn't that American. All the American traditions of trick or treating, pumpkins, and everything really wasn't a thing here. Certainly, when I was a kid in the 70s. Um, and of course, because you're from Canada, I'm really fascinated to see what it's like. But probably to new listeners, if you're joining us for the very first time here in the Horror Motel, we are tra- tra- transatlantic takes on we horror. Are- <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, my name is Bunny Galore. I am a, uh, a horror host, which is a very American tradition, actually. I host horror movies. Uh, and a drag queen from London. And Alison is... A stand-up comedian, uh, originally from Canada, now making my home in Manchester, England, the Yay. United Kingdom, everyone. Yes. And uh, what brings get... us together? Our love of horror, yes, before I cut you off. It is our love of We actually got connected through a friend who knew that we both loved horror mm. movies. We connected, and thus the horror motel began. So yes. it is this season and and the, the horrorness that has brought us together, I think, Bunny, the, the Halloween has, scary indeed. season. Yeah. I, yeah. I was, sorry, I was just about to ask because I can never remember how long you've been in the UK. About 10 years now. It's 10 about years. A decade, it's a long time, isn't it? So two, about 2013. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yes, but certainly by 2013, you know, Halloween very much has taken hold as as a season of, you know, of, of like uh, the, the Brits. And it's getting stronger and stronger each year, I think. Only slightly yeah. dampened by the pandemic, I think. But it is very much, um, be, I think, become everybody's favourite season, like in America, because it's, we didn't, we, we didn't have trick-or-treating, 
I think I do remember going once, perhaps in the eighties, when I was quite a young teenager, and that was in a like a very controlled area of a close, I think. But it was super fun. I remember dressing as Dracula, hair slipped back as Bela Lugosi, and a cape. Um, I don't know, I was that young. I was probably about thirteen, fourteen at the time, but so probably a bit old. I think really trick or treating is supposed to be for little kids, isn't it? I don't know. Um, well, yeah, yeah. I think when you get to be that pre-teenage, that's usually when it's like, I mean, you could push it. You can push it to 11 or 12. But, you yeah. know, the people when you go to their houses, they start to look at you like, all right, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so all right. Are you are you old. here to trick or treat or to mug us? What's going on right now? You know? <laughs> exactly. It's that. And the, thing, the main weird thing I remember is you couldn't get pumpkins in the 70s very easily. Oh, they were very expensive. Um so you had to use like a mel- like a big melon or a um, or squash or a squash something or... or something yeah or um, or even a turnip I think I think you seem to remember that wow. so I, I still buy a pumpkin every year because I couldn't as a child it's so weird I had one left so over have you... I, I brought one yeah, home from the set from filming last week and uh, but I hadn't thought it through that it wouldn't last <laughs> so it literally collapsed a few days ago I mean it scared the life out of me because it just keeled over and I was like ah it's alive ah. it's alive uh, it, it wasn't alive it was just rotten um, a bit like my career uh, <laughs> so don't it, <laughs> I was just going to say you got a plug you were recording tell the people what you were recording yes. this is so, our yes. this is yes Tell them. So since we've been on, uh, I think it's just about to start actually when we went on our uh, our summer break. But um, I've recorded a, just when you think it was safe to switch on a television set again. She's back. <laughs> <laughs> so she's Yay! back. So yeah, I thought I wasn't going to continue with Movie Nightmares, which is a show where I host horror movies. It's very much in the traditional Elvira and all those thousands of horror hosts that you get in America. We don't have any here. And I'm just kind of I'm doing it one viewer at a time. Uh, but it's on a new platform. Yes. It's on Miami Fox Streaming, which is a which is easier in a way because it's a streaming service, a bit like a little mini Netflix. So you can watch it whenever you want, as opposed to when it would just be broadcast and it didn't have ca- the channel didn't have catch up. So it was like, if you missed it, you missed it, sort of thing. Uh, so yes, but it's what's really great is I get, I'm getting to get to do '80s movies. So I'm doing a lot of uh, the oh. um, like Creepazoids and um, uh, 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 Chopping Mall and things like that. And oh my god, Dra- have you done Microwave Massacre yet? Microwave no, Massacre. I need That's to do that. Oh, thanks for reminding me. Thank you for reminding me. Yes, 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 yes. Right, that's going on the list for the next season. And we've just yeah. done four specials. For One for Halloween, which comes out this... Um, well, it would be out now. be out um, for Halloween. Uh, and then, weirdly, a Thanksgiving special, which is only for America. Uh, and a Christmas special. And, weirdly, for the first time, a New Year's Eve special, which I thought was really bizarre. Ooh. Um so yes, there we go. So we've got some specials coming out, which is super fun. Uh, and the return of my co-host on that show, uh, Derek Elwood, who plays Reverend Holloway, the vicar. So I have the vicar over for tea, and he's this, he's this marvelous guy that I've I've collaborated with a lot, and he's very he's got a delicious sidonic kind of humour, and he, we just work very you know like ourselves, Alison. We just work very well together. And I'm going to try and get Alison June Smith into the show if it kills me. I don't know how we're going to do it, oh but we're like, God, we're, I'll crowbar you that. into it. Even if it's just like you know, on a TV screen or on a phone call, it will, it will, we'll figure it out somehow. Season, oh season my God, 10. I love that. There we go. <laughs> so there you go. That's where you can see Bunny. So catch up on, on that. Say it one more time, the streaming site, so everyone oh, that's, knows. Yes, good good point. Yes, good point. Uh, Miami Fox Streamer. You can find everything on my uh, on my Instagram, which is the the real Bunny Galore, and Alison's is one I can never pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, my, my Insta is just Allison J, so you can find me there. And then Allison June Smith is on all across the other platforms. And I am actually, while we're well, we're plugging, mm. uh, I'm doing my very first UK stand-up comedy tour. So Ooh, I've yes, got you about are. Yes, seven, you are. So, seven shows in place right now, and it's called... Little Smith sunshine, everyone. So Yay. a little bit on the opposite side of horror, but don't you think I'm not going to be? Don't you think I'm not going to be deep and dark and dirty, everyone? Please come and check out Little Smith Sunshine and check out Bunny Glower, uh, where everywhere where you can find us. Uh, back to pumpkins. Let's jump back into pumpkins. Have you ever had pumpkin seeds? Then roasted pumpkin seeds. You've probably never I, had that in your life, have you? I don't think I have. Uh, I don't think I have. Maybe I have at some point. This is this is sparking a distant memory, oh. Alison. Somewhere I feel I've been. I've never done it myself. Put it that way. Okay. But I've. Uh, I swear I've been somewhere where I've tried that. So I'm guessing it's a Halloween party, I guess. Because that's what happens when you gut the pumpkin, so you can carve the pumpkin. You take all the pumpkin seeds and you lay them out on a tray and you add like salt and pepper and whatever seasonings you want and you and oh, you okay. roast them. And then you get roasted pumpkin seeds. And it, it to me is also just a part of Halloween because that's what yes. you do, right? To prep your pumpkin. You get mm. that ready. You do that. You have the pumpkin seeds. They're delicious. Mm. Um, and then you put your pumpkin out. Yeah, for Halloween. And so traditionally people used to put pumpkins out um, to signify like, I, I think it was like to scare away spirits, but it was also more of an indication like for trick-or-treaters. I think Yes, it is, this yeah. is a house you can mm. come to. Yes, come and knock is, on the door. Yeah. And for us, it was a really big thing. I mean, that's what Halloween was, was trick-or-treating. Like, it oh, was really? about... So you had it all. You had all that um, sort of... Oh, I mean, my I, God, I always yeah. associate with America, really, but I guess it, it no, must have seeped, seeped into Canada. <laughs> in school, right? You'd be in primary oh. elementary school, and usually in the afternoon, you'd have a Halloween party. So there'd be, like, a, a, a big assembly, and people would, like, parade their costumes. You'd probably do a little, like, trick-or-treating around the classrooms. You'd do candy. Like, it was a big thing. And then... And that night you would go out and you would trick or treat. Now, when you were younger, of course, you would go with your parents and you'd, you know, knock on doors and there would just be like kids in like costumes roaming the streets, like just so many kids dressed up trick or treat on doors. And you would find out through the network of children on your area, which house was giving away full size chocolate bars and full size bags of chips Ooh. or crisps. Not the mini tiny ones. Now and again, there'd be like the house you'd be like the rich house up on 42nd street. Go ahead. And so then we would all know which houses to hit that gave you the best candy. Uh. Yeah. It was like, that's what Halloween was for us. Like, it was all about the trick-or-treating, all about the costumes. Um, just candy, candy, candy is what Halloween was yeah. for us. So it broke my heart when I came over here and heard that, like, oh, in the U.K., there wasn't a lot of... Mm. I used to hear Penny Penny for the Guy. Was that was Yes, that I, think, I think... Oh, you know, gosh, that's very true. I think it's because Halloween was a bit too close to two other festivals, the Harvest Festival yeah. and the and the 5th of... The fifth of November is Guy Fawkes night, which is when the Guy Fawkes was trying to blow up Parliament, and for some reason we celebrated you celebrate with a night, it with every a night, year. which I always thought was so strange, with a night of fireworks and this this effigy of Guy Fawkes. So a guy, a guy, it says an G. Uh, Y um, was a a, a scarecrow type thing or you know and you would make one and so it's around the same time and I think that's why I think that's why Halloween wasn't quite what it was because you had Guy Fawkes Night five nights later which still happens it's still you know huge fire it's also called Bonfire Night and um, 
because guy wanted to blow up parliament, up right? Parliament. Just so all our less anyone who's not in the UK, this is the oddest thing I ever I know. like when I first came here. You know when you say something it's completely like, normal and then you say it to somebody from another country, you're like it's like describing pantomime. Go, what? You're like, What? It, it's what do you mean? So you he don't? wanted to blow yeah. up Parliament, mm. and he got caught. He so got instead, caught and, he was and tortured horrifically. He was know. tortured in the streets. Was he yeah. set on fire in the end? I don't know. I don't so think, anyway, they. No, I, don't think, I think he was hung, drawn, and quartered, just, and he was tortured yeah, for about ten all. days or something like that. Yeah, in yeah. York. Yeah, in York. So. Um, and so then every year so, they celebrate it. Okay. <laughs> Which is, I think, why it overshadowed Halloween. I just talk about kids. I just remembered I did beg my mother to take me to a fancy dress kind of ghost walk around Portsmouth. Oh, yeah. Which I do remember going to. And I don't remember what I wore. But, um, and I think why a lot of gay kids love Halloween is because it's the dressing up escape thing, isn't it? Yes. Becoming somebody yes. else. You know. <laughs> I mean, I've made an yep. entire career out of this. So it's, um, it's, uh, <laughs> I accidentally kind of discovered it until I discovered podcasts and then I feel like a bit more being myself a bit more weirdly um so yeah it's but I do remember that but yes not trick-or-treating apart from one time as a slightly younger teenager um as far as I can remember anyway uh I think probably fa- I think certainly dressing up happened I just don't think we did uh, and Halloween parties I think I think we maybe have a few of those but not uh, literally trick-or-treating but yeah, so we, wow. we. But instead, we celebrate by you know burning an effigy of a of a conspirator, <laughs> which sounds so crazy now. But because um, I was doing a Thanksgiving special, I also had to suddenly go. Hold on a minute. What, what do they actually do on Thanksgiving? I, you know, you see all this on sitcoms and movies so much. Yeah. But I was so confused about the diff. I know this is not Canada, but. Um, the difference between uh, the Thanksgiving meal and Christmas dinner confused me for a few days last week when I was about to yeah. film. So I was going, well, what is the difference? And I really probably should Pilgrims, sh- all that jazz. Yeah. We made friends. It was, yeah. And then, so it's a celebration of, yeah. you know, sharing I think it's more pie. Da-da-da. I think it's a bit more pie. Yeah. Inv- I mean, actual dish-wise. And I think yeah. um, maybe uh, at Christmas they might not always have the turkey. Um, they might have other meat. But, but generally it's pretty ham. much Sometimes the same. Sometimes there's ham, ham at Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but sounds pretty much the same, isn't that weird? So I think Very that similar. that Americana has seeped into my brain. I think through Disney. Uh, I think you know the Legend of Sleepy Hollow, um, Ichabod Crane, a uh, bit of one of the movies I loved as a child, and different Disney movies, and also of course horror films. So we've become. I think that's where it swayed. We've been from yeah. the seventies onwards. We got very, very. Uh, bewi- bewitched and bewild and begilded from if those yes. are words uh, with <laughs> I'm sure they are they are they are with they are. Uh, Americana horror which of course leads us into the film we both wanted to bring to the horror motel yeah. with the, the, yeah. the fresh paint smell I can s- still smell uh, in no, it's not Titanic it's a <laughs> it's, a, it's the original Halloween from 1978 which oh my goodness I mean it is I mean this movie I, I, there's no other movie that we could do on Halloween because no. we are like what do we get before we even finish saying to each other what movie should we Halloween. Halloween. It was like, that's what we're doing. The 1978 classic Halloween, Mm. uh, which, I mean, look, this was such an amazing film. It changed the game, actually, in regards to horror films. Mm. So in many of the facts that I was, and let me tell you, Mm. there's a ton of interesting facts about the movie Halloween. But the biggest thing that Halloween did for the horror genre was Halloween was the first movie that kind of switched the idea of horror 
before it was always about aliens or about that. This was the first movie that was about a slasher, right? Yeah. It was about yeah. a, it was a every day. and so Halloween changed. This was the first mm. one that really took horror away from just the sci-fi ghosty into. Mm you know, the slasher kind of genre. Uh, it wasn't the first kind of Scream Queen no. film, but it was the most mm. iconic and I think it's final girl Scream sub- Queen. Yeah, in suburbia as well, because you've got Psycho, but that's yeah. still a big a big house and a motel in the middle of nowhere. And it's yeah. not, and you're right, it's not gothic, it's not sci-fi. Sci-fi had probably taken over after gothic, I think, uh, from yep. the six, 50s, 60s. And then, um, and then you go into the 70s and, there's bits and pieces there, but not a lot. Obviously, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and things like that, I think, was happening. But suddenly, this is, yeah, you're, it is the the blueprint for basically what we... And I can't believe it's 45 years now, is it? It must yeah. be 45 years. And it's five years yes. since the revival uh, started uh, with the Halloween yeah. in 2018. How is that five years yeah. ago? So it's, I, I think it's 10 or 11 movies, isn't it, all together? Yeah. I I've lost track. Twelve, actually. Maybe yeah. it's twelve. Yeah, uh, I've yeah. lost track, but uh, with different timelines, um, that's kind of shoot off in different different directions. And number three, yeah. which is not a, a Michael Myers movie. So for those of you who haven't seen Halloween, which I find hard to believe if you're listening to the Horror Motel, but just as a little catch up, it, it involves um, a psychopathic. Uh, slasher killer uh who's kind of just like this he's called the shape so he's kind of this ephemeral figure uh he he, he is we see him murder his sister in the opening scenes as a small boy but he comes back to root revenge on the town i guess and particularly for some reason on babysitters um uh, so there's not really a reason why that is, unless perhaps it's because his sister was supposed to be babysitting him as when in these opening scenes, and she's actually having sex with her boyfriend. So he's uh, the, the the heroine of it is a is quite a virginal character played by Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah. and yeah. therefore she becomes the last girl, as you said, Alison. Uh, and he comes back, and he he very famously puts on. Uh, and also, we we wouldn't be a horror movie review podcast without without uttering the famous words. The mask they use for Michael Myers is a William Shatner mask. Uh, yes, thank Captain you. Kirk from Star Trek. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. that is you know that's one hundred and one. We have to say that before <laughs> it's the law. We for have those of you who didn't know, yeah, it is William Shatner's. They just stretched it out. They spray painted it white. They because they toyed with the idea of a clown mask. Yes. Or. Then they found because they had a hard time figuring out the yeah. mask, and yeah. they went with that. Yeah, yeah. William said, Shatner. I think they literally just went to a, went to a costume shop, and he came back with three masks. One was a clown, one was something else, and one was with, with William Shatner. So they cut the eyes out a bit, a bit white, ripped the eyebrows off, took the sideburns off, which I guess must have been quite seventies, because uh, this yeah, would have definitely. been. Um, like a 70s version of a 60s TV show version of a mask. It doesn't look... I mean, I've seen the original mask and I go, I can't... I can just about see William Shatner in that, barely. But it it makes it wonderfully blank, doesn't it, by spraying it white. Yeah. It kind of... um, And it's perfect. And they've used uh, sort of different variations of the mask throughout the years, mm. so it's changed up a little bit, but more or less is the same. And they had to do this. Because the budget... I was reading this. Yeah. Low budget. Yeah. The movie was made on three hundred thousand mm. uh, dollars, financed in part by uh, a film producer from Syria. Uh, yes. And in the end, the movie 
I mean, the 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 whole series of movies have made over forty seven million. So we went from three hundred thousand to make that first film, which was also made, I believe, in under twenty days. The script was written in ten days. The whole thing was just thrown together real, real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, it's very it was much directed. Yeah, go ahead. No, it's a bit. It reminds me the making of it. I think it reminds me of Night of the Living Dead, as in it's very much a uh, a group effort. You know, everybody was helping. You know, Jamie Lee Curtis would be there helping carrying cables and yeah. things like that. They got an extra. They had to buy their own costumes. Yes, her exactly. wardrobe cost a hundred dollars from J.C. Penney. Everyone, J.C. Penney <laughs> is where she went. Yeah, uh... yeah. Yeah, it was like gorilla. It was gorilla yes, filmmaking. That's the word. Is what that's this was? Yes, yes, that's what we would call it yeah. now, wouldn't it? On uh, the ground, gorilla mm-hmm. filming. Directed by John Carpenter, written by mm-hmm. John Carpenter and his at the time girlfriend Deborah Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, produced by Mustafa Akkad. I'm sorry that's if I said one. that yes. wrong. I think that's right. Uh, John yes. Carpenter, Deborah, Cool Martyr, and Irwin. Yablans. If I said any of those wrong, I apologize. But these were the producers. So they all they all came together. Jamie Lee Curtis landed the leading role because her mother yes. was, of course, the famous actress from Psycho. Yeah. She was the one who gets stabbed in the shower. And um, so because of her mother... Um, Mr. Uh, Carpenter thought, well, this might give the film a little bit more accreditation. Yeah. So they put Jamie Lee in. This was her, like, debut, and she made $8,000. Yeah. <laughs> she made $8,000. Yeah. I think yeah. she was Which... probably a contract player at Universal at the time, so um, I think she's probably quite grateful for a leading role like that. And oh. I think somebody yeah. else was cast, and they turned it down. Uh, I forgot the lady's name now. And then um, and they went with Jamie Lee. But for those reasons, it was and and she and she did a very good audition as well. But it also kind of oh. helped that who she you know her, in her father's Tony Curtis. Hey, her, her it doesn't matter how you Jamie get there. Lee. It's what you do with the opportunities yeah. when you get it. And Jamie Lee Curtis took that opportunity. Right? Yeah. I'm never. It doesn't matter how you get the opportunities. Yeah. It's and what you great. do once you and get she's, it. She's great. She's in phenomenal. It yeah, and she pays him. a great little virginal because I was I, when I was watching it again I, I just was like oh yeah even in the first like scene when she's walking home from school she's got on white tights and a skirt yes. and the other girls are wearing like tight jeans and are a little bit more slutty <laughs> Jamie Lee was definitely like <laughs> you know the virginal oh I like boys but they don't like me like it was so <laughs> you just knew she was the only one that was gonna last right it was the stereotypical yeah, the true. virgin will survive these sluts are out like yeah, we're, you know, um, and so I just really looked at the costuming. I was like, oh, oh there yeah, we go. She speaks the white yeah. tights, white <laughs> tights. Right, yeah. I was like, are you three yeah, years old? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, but you're not twelve. It's why why are you wearing that? Yeah. Um, it's yeah. so strange, isn't it? I think where it becomes, I think it's that group effort that really pays off because it kind of makes it more of a single vision. Yes. Uh, as opposed to being a big studio film, which probably uh, would have not got, you know, sometimes when you, it, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Obviously, we've got a clear yeah. vision. Obviously, John Carpenter, you know, directing it. And when we were talking about The Fog um, a while ago, uh, where uh, Janet Lee Which was her in, second film. That was her it, second yeah, film. That was the film yeah. he made after Halloween. And uh, Janet Lee comes in as a, as a guest spot on that as well. So it's quite nice to have them both in the movie. Um it, which is quite a big game changer, but that you could see where things were a bit wonky. I mean, I love the fog. 
I love it. But you can see where things yeah. have gone a bit off the rail because there's more money involved and it's more studio pressure. Where with this, it was kind of just left to themselves to do it. Yeah. Uh, I think it's really clear. And I think it's also the first, not the first use of a steady cam, but it's the most evocative first use of a steady cam for those opening shots yes. of going around the house. Um, to where it was actually like, called the Panaglide. Panaglide the Panaglide yes. was what it was called. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is the Panavision the... version of, of of the city, whatever it was. City yeah. Cam's yeah. probably a, a, a copyright name, isn't it? But uh, and it works so well. And there's something about so the way well. that the, the, the way they've shot the suburbia. I think it's shot in Hollywood, and, and I can't remember if the house is shot somewhere else. I can't remember, but um, yeah, it, it's it's just it, there's the openness uh, to the area. Uh, uh, the, I suppose also compared to England, it's it was very different looking. Uh, oh, and yeah. it, I know it's such a strange thing to say, but it just doesn't, you know, we don't have, we do now because I think things have been built in, in American ways, or, you know, but in those days we didn't really have that kind of wide street, sort big, of big houses, and, you yeah. Know? yeah, we didn't really have that. So it made it seem yeah. quite isolated in a way. Well, then, you know, most, you know, if it, not that murders don't happen in a, in a terrace house, but uh, they do. But at least you could kind of scream or run somewhere else quite quickly. Whether with that, it felt everything was so far away. Um, yeah. Yes. So do you remember, Alison, where, where you first saw this film? Because I'm, I'm having trouble. You do, because I'm having trouble. <laughs> I absolutely remember with all my heart and soul where oh. I saw it. And in fact, this was one of the movies that like early in my life, I think kind of like made me realize what a horror fan I was going to be. So I saw it the first time at a sleepover. Okay. So I had a sleepover with some girlfriends. Yeah. And my one friend, Jennifer, who was like, I don't want to say she was a troublemaker, but she was never (laughs) doing what she was told. And she somehow was able to go and rent a bunch of scary movies. Like we were too young to really, but at that time she was able. And so she rented a bunch of like VHS scary movies. That's right. I'm dating myself VHS. And uh, (laughs) Halloween was the first one that we watched. And I'll never forget the feeling of like all of us being in our sleeping bags on the floor with like chips and snacks out in front of us and like watching this horror movie in the dark in the basement 70s style basement right because like all of the basements when I say basement in Canada and North America when I say basement we have fully furnished like pool tables it's almost like a games room is what these basements look like right like the pool table you know probably a bar the the parents probably had a bar in the corner like a little you know it was like a full-on fully finished and I just remember down there watching the movies in the 70s like you know environment with all my girlfriends and it just summed up what became some of my greatest joys in life which was just sitting in a dark basement watching horror movies eating potato chips <laughs> that was the greatest joy in my life and so this movie was the very first movie where I felt that environment and I, I found a place that made me happy so yes I remember the first time I saw it oh. at that sleepover and it, it yeah it was a real monumental moment for me what about oh. you what are the memories that you sort of have oh I love that I love that yeah basements are not like that in the in the UK they're more no like, that's why I had to specify <laughs> they're more like gothic um, you know sort of catacombs really uh, at the yeah. best of times um, no I so I think this I think I think Halloween goes in that category with 
the thing with uh, with the fog uh, and a lot of those early 80s movies with seeing it on late night ITV. ITV is our main commercial yeah. channel for those of you not in the UK. Uh, in especially, so you had BBC One, BBC Two, which don't have commercials, and ITV was the channel that had commercials on it. And then Channel Four came around in the mid 80s, but uh, so a lot of um, a lot of the horror stuff I would watch on late night ITV because it would be kind of something that you'd see. So a lot of times I've seen it in black and white the first times. I've never seen the entire movie for years. One of those ones. Um, yeah. And then I re I re sort of I think I must have seen it properly in the nineties, probably the whole thing, and certainly in the early noughties, I think because I remember the, that was the first time I saw when I was living in Brook Lane. I remember seeing the the Wicker Man properly for the first time and Texas Chainsaw uh, Mascara (laughs) Massacre Uh, (laughs) for the first time properly like the whole way through so I think then Halloween was one of those I watched totally from the beginning to end but I but I know I'd seen bits and pieces before because I I it's the scene in the cupboard with the slatted um, doors and her grabbing she's hiding yeah, yeah that is burnt into my mind uh, yeah. him being shot and kind of go over the balcony and and of course I think I'm pretty sure and I, I was trying to remember if this ever happened before this and I don't think it does I think this is the first time the killer coming back from the dead happens um, oh yes him, him sitting up I think that's the first time when you think he's dead and he actually comes back now I might be wrong there might be other occasions of it and if it if it did happen before this is what solidifies it in everybody's psyche this yeah weirdly this um, became the trope this is when it became yeah. a trope of like killer down killer yeah. back up murderer down murder back up is yeah. he dead ah where is he ah, yeah yeah, yeah exactly. i agree i think this was the first one that i remember of that sort of thing as as well yeah. um did you know it was supposed to originally be called the i think it was the babysitter babysitter murders <laughs> Babysitter yeah, think, murder or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think yeah. you know, the, the guy who was the producer and get, getting Jonathan um, John, Jonathan um, John Carpenter to uh, write and direct it. He looked into it, and I think I think he came up with the Halloween idea because he said, yes. "Oh, you can't call it Halloween because surely there's a movie called Somebody's Halloween already, or Halloween in the title." And nobody had. So when they found that nobody had, that's when they went went for Halloween because actually, in a weird yeah. way, it doesn't really tell you much about the film does it if you think no. about it it's like oh that's yes it's set on halloween but it's not it's not anything to do with michael myers or the you know the, the babysitter killer you know it, that would be more descriptive um yes. and i think it's also to blame for a lot of rather obscure titles sometimes because <laughs> i think now you do get some strange titles you go like, well that's not really telling me what the film's about it's just being you know, it works with Halloween. Doesn't always work with everything else. <laughs> sure, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I think he thought by having the uh, holiday Halloween as the title, it would it would get people's attention more. Yes, because it was a common thing, and so he was like, "Oh, that will that will you know lead mm-hmm. to." And when you think about it, very smart because it left it open. I mean, that's why they were able to have so many. Mm sequels right halloween yes. you could take that any which way babysitter murder too i mean it's going to be about babysitters it's going to be about murder halloween gives you so much more room to play with however john carpenter did not want any more halloweens they wanted it to just be the one halloween and leave it at that yeah they wanted nothing yeah. more to do with like 
Yeah. Yeah, he wanted to make other films, I think. Which he does. He makes The Fog. He comes back for Halloween too, but as in a producer. He yeah. write, I think he writes it and produces it, but he doesn't direct it. And Jamie no. Lee Curtis. And it's a Halloween 2 is the continuation of That Night with Jamie Lee in this terrible a wig. And something about Americans and wigs, they always like have eight <laughs> times too much hair in them. Uh, it never looks real. Um, even though it's a lace front, I'm like, oh, that's like, you know, that's more hair than three humans have on their head. I love one. that you've got such a wig eye. I bet I you I've missed wigs all my life. Being sometimes, like, oh, God, yeah. why did... And then sometimes yeah. I miss them completely and I, I never realise. And then and some, now I'm very like, oh, gosh. I, I think also now with... 4K HD remastering, you notice it a lot more. Um, that yeah. that brings it to light. And then, of course, you get Halloween Three, which is a, which is you're right. They decided to drop the babysitter killer of Michael Myers and do a completely different story, which is called Season of the Witch. Now, I've only watched that lately in the last few years, and I love it. Mm. But at the time, it, was, it, it wasn't very well liked. But I like it because it's yeah. just it shouldn't be called Halloween. It should just be called you know. It's a bit like They Live. It's one of those movies where it's like. It's a great movie, but it's kind of kind of doesn't have a big enough male star lead or female star lead to make it memorable, memorable. Um, yeah. They Live is a great movie, but it's almost kind of... If it had Arnold Schwarzenegger in it, it would be like... It would be amazing. Uh, but because yeah. it's got a guy that's very... He's, he's great, but he didn't go on to be anything else. You kind of forget about it. Thankfully, both these films have had a big renaissance lately uh, and then there's four five six I know these tracks lately which are all the continuation of Michael Myers and then they do H2O which is a bit of a reboot which kind of start reboots back to being th like the third movie with Jamie Lee yeah. Curtis and Res H2O Resurrection which is terrible because they kill off Jamie Lee in the first few scenes uh, yeah. And then you've got the R Rob Zombie uh, reboot, I think in 2000, the mid 2007 maybe, and there's a sequel to 2007, that. 2007, which is also the very first time that the character of Michael Myers spoke. Does he? <laughs> Obviously, I Yeah, because right. he's the kid. He's getting interviewed, remember? Oh. So the little child, Michael My Before oh, that, me. Michael Myers never, never had any dialogue as a child, as an adult. He never spoke. So it wasn't until Rob Zombie's 2007 that Michael Myers was like a person because Carpenter and all the other, they always thought, we don't want him to be relatable. We no. don't want people to connect. He is exactly. just he the is. he is evil. He is evil, and so it wasn't until yeah, two thousand seven. That was the first time they tried to make him like a person, a character, so. like yeah. which I thought was really interesting. Also, do you know how many people have played Michael Myers throughout the year? Uh, the years it's about over sixteen people have played different Michael, yes. My like being the 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 you know, and um, Who's the in the first, first movie. Is it yeah. is it Nick Castle is the first is yes. the first main yeah, guy. There's, Nick. there's other people that do it in different scenes I think but there's he's the main which by the way apparently yeah. he was just I didn't realize this he's a filmmaker that was just coming to help out and then just he was hanging here, out here's, yeah here, here put this on here you yeah they're like can you do this uh, <laughs> but even Carpenter played that. him one time. Oh, so really? many different people were Mike. It was three different people in the first film alone that were just, ah, you know, because they needed that's yeah. Yeah. At one yeah, point, yeah, yeah. When, when he stops the little boy that uh, Laurie, um, Jamie Lee Curtis, he gets, he's getting bullied at school and it's like a daylight scene and he cut, the little boy runs into, um, into Michael Myers. And I thought, Michael Myers was terribly skinny at this point. And I, and I do, is that the same guy? But I suppose you forget. He was played by a woman. I, I think it yeah. was actually Deborah Hills that played him at one point. Like, I, she so many different the, people. She plays, yeah. 
in the opening scene with the Steadicam scene, uh, she picks up the knife. She's got the clown costume. Instead of being the little boy's hand, because you can't get a little boy to pick up the knife, she's playing the hand of the little boy that kind of then goes upstairs, which kind of makes more sense because you can't have the child wandering around because obviously the sister's naked, the character of the sister is naked, uh, or topless in that scene. So um, that's why. So she plays the hand, apparently. Um, But Stabbing noises. Did you know how they made the stabbing noises? Oh, no. How did they do that? It was the sound of a knife going into a watermelon. Oh, oh, that is the exact. So when oh. you listen to the noise, just for future, if you're squeamish when you watch this, it's just a watermelon being cut, just so you know. But that is how they made the sound, stabbing yeah. a watermelon. It is very guerrilla filming. It's very, it's low budget yeah. in the sense that they, but they did a lot with the money they had. They did a hell of a lot because it's quite simple when you think of it. it's not that many sets. It's not many uh, cast members. It's all just very tension racked up. There's actually not a lot of special effects. You know, you don't see a huge, a lot of blood nope. and gore uh, really. Um, you know, I've seen a lot more in, in other low budget films where it doesn't looks phony. So they, they keep it at a minimum, but it's still utterly terrifying. I, I know it's something it's just, chilling uh, especially that last sequence the last third of the movie where he's chasing uh, Jamie Lee around there's just something really unnerving about that Um, and I think that's what made it as famous as it is today it's it's her evading that master killer is just become something people have redone so many times and they've redone it so many times and obviously we've had a whole new trilogy that's come out in the last um, five years so how um prevalent that is and i'm sure it will be rebooted again <laughs> yeah it definitely will and look halloween h2o i think re-brought it to a lot I of love people's attention i love that film i love i did too yeah. i loved it i loved it yeah. um but i cannot stress enough again because i had watched you know the newer versions and this mm. and the rob zombie but going back to watch the original halloween i forgot how good of a movie it really is like it it, for such a low budget for being made in 1978 for what it is i just think it it does such a good job of still being very scary and very i don't know there was just something about it when i was and maybe because i used to be a babysitter maybe because it just ties Ah, into like my growing up and my yeah there's so many things that i could just relate to so much but i would highly recommend anyone Go back and watch the original Halloween 1978. It is, it's a gem. It's just such a gem. And it just, when you look at Jamie Lee, you're like, look at you, you little thing. And when you think of all that she's become now. And in fact, I read a beautiful quote that she wrote actually, um, because she, again, the fog and, and, you know, Carpenter was a big part of, of her career because for a long time she, she was only getting like little bit roles here and there and like, you know, t- so he was the one who really gave her a chance. And I, so she wrote this a little while ago and I just mm. want to read this. Walking in the fog last night reminded me that I was in the movie The Fog and that John Carpenter and Deborah Hill wrote that part for me after the movie Halloween had come out and I couldn't get any work except for guest spots on Charlie's Angels and The Love Boat. Feeling grateful at this very moment for their belief in me, as from then on I have constantly found satisfying and creating work, creative work, which is one of the greatest privileges for a performer. Oh, and I just thought, 
That is so beautiful for her to take Mm. a moment and really remember that. And I think that is also for me, Bunny, one of the main things that I really love about horror. People are like, why do you love horror? I believe horror is the basis for a lot of people's careers, a lot of first chances, Mm. directors, uh, you know, actors. And that's why no matter how low budget a horror is, I even I'll give it more of a chance even because I feel like I am supporting people in the beginning of something that might lead to greatness. So for me to read that and I was like, and that is why I love horror. And I will always love these little horror films because you never know what they're going to turn into and what kind of star they're going to make. Yes, yes, I agree. It's it's the beginning of so many people's careers. I think because you're allowed to go to extremes where you weren't, you wouldn't do in a rom-com or a I don't know, yeah. uh, sort of romance uh, or, or, or a comedy or anything like that. It's it, You get to do wild and crazy things. So yeah. I think I, I would say the same thing. I echo everything that Alison said. I would heartily recommend going back to this film. But the big question, we're going to have to ask each other this, is where yes. in, the, in the horror motel we would put Halloween. And actually, I'm a little bit stumped because I don't think the pumpkin patch is fully grown back in yet in the garden. But, uh, but where would you think, where would you like to put Halloween, Alison? Well, I mean, I know it's a little nostalgia and maybe it's a little too close to home from the stories that I've shared. And But, you know, the the horror motel, everyone, has a finished basement because I requested <laughs> it and I wanted it that way. It is designed with nothing but 70s velvet couches Ooh. and chairs it's got a wooden framed TV uh, with a VHS player. And so because of that, I am checking in Halloween into our finished North American Canadian style basement that we have in the hotel. That's where I would like to put it because that's what I think of. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Perfect choice, I think. <laughs> 70s rec room basement is exactly where it should be. I mm-hmm. <laughs> That is absolutely glorious. Well, my darling, I'm so grateful to be reunited with you. I adore you so much. I've missed you loads. And I can't wait to see what the rest of season two brings us. (laughs) Oh, me too. And hey, listen, listeners, if you have any recommendations for movies that you would like us to look into... By all means, please let us know. Reach out on our various socials and, and drop drop some suggestions. Maybe you've known a movie that we, I mean, I doubt we haven't seen it, but odds are, you know, there <laughs> might know. be one or two out there. So please keep joining us, listening in, sharing the fun times with us um, as we now commence season two of The Horror Motel. <laughs>